In this week's episode of Student Inter, we'll be discussing the win against PSV in the Champions League, the fourth win in a row against Pal in the Serie A, this week's Moji, Moratti and Frog, and much, much more. Everything here on Studio Inter, only on SempreInter.com. Attenzione, Ronaldo salta anche Marchegiani e mette dentro 3-0. Andiamo il principe, entra in aria, è solo, il tiro, è gol, è gol, è gol, è gol, è gol. Con Ronaldo a battere questo calcio di punizione molto lungo per Zamorano che gira bene al centro, attenzione, il destro, violentissimo. È lo spettacolare gol da parte di Zanetti. La prima squadra che vince qua è la nostra Inter. L'Inter vince. E Dillo, campione d'Europa, campione d'Europa. Benvenuti, bentornati to another edition of Studio Inter. I'm your host, Nimatavalui Rutsari, wishing you all, uh, hope you've had a lovely week and wishing you all welcome to another edition of Studio Inter. Uh, six in a row uh, in all competitions for Inter. Uh, it all started against Tottenham. But before we get into that, let me welcome our uh, panel, usual, our panelists, starting with the gentleman ultra himself, Mr. Richard Hall. Welcome back. Hi guys, good to see you all, and uh, yeah, it's a nice time to be back to discuss a bit of Inter, isn't it, today? Yes, it is, it certainly is. And we are also joined uh, by our, uh, by Semprinter.com's own preview writer, Mr. Mohamed Nasa, welcome. Hi guys, uh, great to be back, hope all is well. It certainly is, and we are also joined by a special guest, uh, uh, he's, uh, he's coming back uh, for the first time this season, but he's... Uh, uh, he, we usually have him on. He writes for the B, for ESPN, BBC Sport, BT Sport. You've seen him everywhere. Welcome back, Mr. James Horncastle. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. Always a pleasure to uh, to talk about Inter with you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Right, get right. Let's get right into it then. Um, Inter, uh, the, the season started pretty shaky, to be nice, and then things turned around completely. Uh, six games in a row in all competitions. Two in the Champions League. Four in the Serie A. Um, if we start at the beginning, um, J- James, what were your expectations going in and, uh, for Inter and how well do you think that Inter have uh, lived up to those expectations? Look, I had big expectations for Inter at the start of the season because I was impressed by the business that they'd done in the transfer window. Um, it's not the first time that I've gone into a season over the last what six, seven years thinking that Inter are going to be back uh, and that they can contend for the title um, or at least be a challenger in the way that Inter sorry in the way that Roma and Napoli have been uh, for the last few years Um, I think I suppose one of the other reasons why I was quite excited was I looked at the fixture list as well and I thought it's been quite kind to Inter um, at the start of the season Um, you know Sassuolo, Torino, Bologna, um, Sam Spal as we saw at the weekend, Fiorentina Cagliari, you know, they haven't really uh, faced anyone that you would say is a, is a top six contender uh, up until now, uh, with the greatest respect to, to Sam and Fiorentina. Um, so I thought it was a real, a real opportunity for them to, to rack up points. We know that the sort of margin of error is just so fine. Um, it was fine last year. It seems to have got even finer this year. Um, so yeah, it, uh, the upturning results of late is, is great, but, you know, I still look at the table and, and Inter are, what, 
uh, eight points off the top. Um, so I think uh, things are steadily improving. And I think between the last international break and this one, uh, there's, there's a lot to be encouraged by. And to be honest, I mean, I, I, I was trying to think, uh, have Inter played in the way that I would expect a Spalletti team to play? Um, and by that, I mean kind of free-flowing. They score lots of goals. They're exciting to watch. And I, I kind of thought, no. But then again, I thought there's been lots of kind of good things about Inter so far this, this season. You know, first half against Torino when they were 2-0 up, I thought they were good playing with a back three. Uh, I thought the way they hung in the game and kept going against Bologna. And then once they got that first goal, everything kind of falls into place. Comebacks, uh, comeback against Spurs um, was just unexpected but brilliant. And I think uh, you really saw the kind of San Siro effect. And that seems to have been the turning point in the season. How they kept going against Samp as well. Uh, Inter's a team that their character is always questioned. And yet... I think they've shown kind of repeatedly um, this year that um, yeah they, they they can stand up and react um, to when things go against them um, and yeah again we saw that in the Fiorentina game when Fiorentina got level and looked to be on top and playing really well they they ended up seeing them off um, we saw it at the, at the weekend against Spal when Spal played very well um, and uh, got back into the game and you thought uh oh the momentum's with them now and. Alas, you know, into 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 marriage to uh, to make their quality um, show and, and and got the win. And so, I think from from that point of view, it's been a very encouraging four weeks. Mm, that's interesting. Uh, Ro- uh, Richard, do you have a question you want to raise with James? Yeah, I do. Um, last time I think you were on when I was on, um, it was just before the end of the last season. You said to me, don't be negative. I was going out to Rome pretty soon after that, but the Lazio game, you said, have a bit of faith. And, and lo and behold, it came through. So I'm a little bit um, quite excited for this season with everything that's been going on. But touching on your point and on the fixtures, um, I mean, last season before what really was a bit of a winter of discontent with Inter, they were, they were doing exceptionally well, uh, heading the table for a lot of that before it all went wrong and they were uh, quite a large spell of games without, without victory. Um, and you touched on it there, and I'm sort of of the same opinion that they're not probably playing that, that free-flowing football you may have expected. But do you think that this squad, because of those fixtures at the moment, is does it look like they are overachieving? Because, as you rightly say, you know the derby's coming up, then it's Barcelona, Lazio, free-scoring Genoa team, Barcelona and Atalanta, and no one likes going to Bergamo. So do you think that with, um, with Inter at the moment, there's, there's a level which... Is probably in between where they're performing at now uh, and where we thought they might be at the start of the season because I, I don't want to be negative at all, but I, the, you say the character's been fantastic. Uh, the strength and depth looks better. It does look better than last season. But I think the one thing is it's just always just does concern me that, um, you know, they don't, when they have a dip, when we have a dip, it always then seems to be a big dip. Uh, do you think we're better equipped for that, is what I'm trying to say, this season than last? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, <laughs> honestly, because uh, you're right, Inter have uh, the most dramatic mood swings of any team. Um, <laughs> when, when, when they're happy, everyone's happy, and uh, it's the best thing ever. Uh, and when things are going bad, it's so bad. Um, and you, know, you mentioned 
going into what mid December last year, um, had mm. a game until the, the, they went to Udine. Um, that was that game was actually zero actually, and all of a sudden it fell apart for them. Um, and I don't think anyone was really expecting um, them to go on what a kind of two and a half month. Yeah, it was under jam, wasn't it? It was terrible. Right. But that that was that was kind of you know consistent with what had happened under Mancini um, as well when you know they looked like what they were going to be winter champions um, that year and then kind of they had that last game before Christmas against I think it was Lazio. Philippe oh. Anderson had a magnificent game and it it, it all just went to um, all went to bits. Um, I think Spalletti deserves great credit for, for getting them out of that tailspin last year. Um, I think he showed um, that, um, yeah, he, he was able to do that where other managers weren't in the past, although not always Mancini's biggest fan, but Mancini did finish fourth with Inter and would have qualified for, them champion, for, the, for the Champions League um, had, you know, yeah, Serie A had four Champions League places. Um but in terms of like putting that start to the season in perspective, they were out. They were without their crucial summer signing, in my opinion, Rajinai England, the guy who's there to, to make yeah. things click for Spalletti. He, he did not play until what match day three and made an instant impact. And you know we've seen he can get them goals from midfield um, in a way that they weren't able to do that last year. Um, they had their best players went the distance in the World Cup. Um, you know, Perisic uh, was there until the final. Bischalko, um, yeah, again uh, arrived late. Um, was part of that Croatia team that um, was was runners up in in, in Russia. Um, Keita Baldijao, I think, is a, a really good signing, and um, it'll be interesting to see how he develops over the coming season. But he arrived on you know what was deadline day um, in Italy, August fifteenth. Um, so he had a lot of kind of moving parts and a lot of players who were in different stages of their kind of um, uh, fitness. And I think that probably complicated matters, uh, matters somewhat. So I think now we're getting, we're getting a better picture of, of what Inter are and who they could be um, uh, than that kind of quite delicate, tricky stage between the start of the season and the first international break, which... Yeah, even though Allegri uh, always manages to get maximum points and cleans up, um, I think quite rightly points out that that is a really tricky part of the season where transfer windows, um, uh, you know, goes on till the eve of the season. Um, you know, players are in different stages of, of fitness and it, 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 it does feel like an extension of pre-season rather than um, the, the full season starting. So, I'd hope to a better equipped. I mean, we, we've certainly seen that ability to come back against Spurs, come back against PSV, um, get pegged back in the Fiorentina and Spal games and manage to stay in the game and find a way to win those games. I think those are all kind of really Im impressive uh, about the mentality that Inter have got. And remember, what really got everyone excited last year was how well Inter did in the big games. Um, yeah. Yeah, no one expected them to um, to go to Napoli and get a result, to go to Juventus and get a result. Um, so you know, I think that was yeah, that was the thing that I think everyone had had everyone believing the hype around into going into sort of Christmas last year. That's, that's interesting. Mo, do you have anything you want to uh, do? You want to ask uh, James? 
Yeah, um, James, I was wondering, um, I mean, we were all quite bullish about Inter in the beginning of the season, and then, of course, the start was a bit shaky. Now that we're, what, eight games in into the Serie A, are you as optimistic about the side's chances this year as you were at the beginning of the season, or are you even more optimistic or less so? <laughs> um, I have been taken aback by how well Napoli have done under Carlo Ancelotti. Um, let's put it that yeah. way. Uh, I thought yeah. Napoli would, would fall away and regress this year, um, and I feel like a mug for saying that now. <laughs> uh, Ancelotti's use of that squad, I mean, you saw it at the weekend against Sassuolo, and Sassuolo side that beat into, albeit on match day one, which is complicated for all the things that I've just outlined. But I mean, Marisa Sarri would never have played that kind of team. Uh, against yeah. uh, against Sassuolo, um, so they're still very very good. Uh, Roma have had an upturn in form a little bit like Inter over the last uh, four weeks um, between the September and October international breaks. But you look at the kind of fixes that they've been playing, and you would expect them to win those games. I would have expected them to win them at the start of the season. Um, so, look, I mean, I think Inter can can push for second. I mean, that's what... This, again, is what I expect of, of Spalletti. I mean, I'm, I'm one of his biggest fans, even though I was thinking about this the other day. I, I, did, I did start to wonder whether his second spell at Roma was a little bit like Jose Mourinho's time at Real Madrid, in where he becomes a little bit paranoid. He picks too many battles in the press. Uh, he's too prickly, even when you're paying him a compliment after the match. He thinks you've got some kind of an agenda. And, uh, yeah, let's not forget some of the things he said to these players last year. <laughs> um, and I, 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 did, I, I, I did wonder, um, you know, whether it, it, it might all unravel. And instead, the kind of tough love that he's, he's given them um, has seems to have galvanised them rather than rather than torn them apart. And I think the other thing that makes me really optimistic about Inter, uh, relatively speaking, is the fact that last year they were so dependent on Icardi for goals. What was it? 44% yeah. of Inter's goals came from Icardi. This year they've had, what, 10 or 11 different goal scorers. Um, you know, Icardi missed a few games. Um, for injury, um, they managed to beat Bologna without him. That's uh, not saying much given that... Bologna can't score for Toffee. Um, but um, that's, that's another positive sign, I would say, that they've got, yeah. uh, they've got, they've got players who, who, who can now uh, chip in with goals in a way that's, you know, I mean, Di Vrij, for example, last year, only uh, Marcus Alonso scored more goals in Europe's top five leagues among defenders. Uh, Nainglan's good for double figures in a Spalletti side. Um, Politano's probably been the, the, the signing that's impressed me most. Hit the ground running kind of straight away. Um, can catch, can catch a beer, um, thrown at him from the crowd. Um, <laughs> something, I wasn't, something I wasn't expecting. I uh, did see you tweet something about that, that you were a bit, or not just about, not about that, but the fact that he wasn't in the national team. That kind of annoyed you a little bit, I thought. Yeah, I find that mind blowing. I, I mean, I, I don't understand how a guy who's playing Regular Champions League football um, is is not in the squad for a second international break in a row, um, and someone like Gianluca Caprari is. 
Um, uh, oh, don't don't talk shit about <laughs> the Prari. Come on. You, <laughs> no, 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 no. you literally <laughs> went after my... <laughs> I mean, I love Gianluca Caprari, okay? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, my God, James. I thought it was going to be a nice it's conversation. A, it's a ra- that's irrational, though, Neymar. That's just your thing. <laughs> but, but... Uh, okay, I mean, no, I'm just joking. but... Uh, I would still, I would still have Politano in the squad ahead of him. Yeah, I, I would have. I mean, for me, it's, I mean, I think for me it's different because I think Caprari under Giampaolo as a trequartista is a completely different player than the player he was as a winger. I think the, yeah. the I mean, I, I understand what you're saying. I mean, we're talking different levels here. I mean, one is playing and performing in the Champions League. One is, with all due respect to Serie A and, and to Sampdoria, one is doing it at a much more smaller club and in a much more smaller setting. So I completely understand what you mean. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. You hear it all the time, um, how important it is for young Italian players to get Champions League minutes, meaningful yeah. minutes. And Politano's getting that. Um, and, um, yeah, that's a, that's a difficult group where the pressure is on right from the get-go because it's, it's the group of death. Um, and I think he's, he's stepping up for Inter, um, in, in a way that, um, that I kind of expected, but I thought it would take him a bit, a while longer. Um, and uh, I thought when he came on against Spal at the weekend, uh, again he 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 was uh, he was doing things. You know, he's making things happen. Um, and uh, I just like how he's taken to life uh, at Inter. So so yeah, that that did annoy me. Um, a lot of kind of what Mancini's doing with Italy already is annoying me. Uh, <laughs> well, just, I, yeah. I wanted, to, I wanted to ask you, um, do you think Inter can, um, do you, I mean, given this perfect start uh, in the Champions League, do you think Inter will qualify from their group? I think what Richard was saying earlier about this next series of games after the international break is going to be really, really interesting. Um, I hope that um, the back-to-back games against Barcelona do not kind of uh, send Inter into despair. <laughs> I, I hope I hope they get something out of those games that they draw ulterior kind of confidence from those games um, because I, I certainly don't think Barcelona are are as good as some people are, are prepared to make out. I think yeah I think Spur, in the Spurs game Messi was magnificent. Um, it was a it was a real show that he put put on, but again not entirely in keeping with with everything that they've done this season. Uh, a little bit out of character, I'd say. Um, so I, 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 I still think Barcelona are not what they were um, two years ago, um, towards the Agreed. end of Luis Enrique's time. Agree. Um, but uh, having said that, yeah, Messi is someone who can torment anyone, um, and you see it. I've seen it with Rome. I've seen it with Inter over the last few years. All you need is one bad performance like that to plant a seed of doubt in your minds. Mm. And it can and it can send you into a bit of a spiral. So, I think they have to be they have to be mentally strong. Uh, whatever happens in in those games, um, but I, I mean, on the whole, I, I'm 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 quite encouraged. Uh, I think the defense has, has played pretty well. On uh, Handanovic is having a mixed season. Um, yes, yes, he is. Yes, he is. Handanovic <laughs> is capable of. You know, insane saves like that—that that one in the bicycle kick in Eindhoven. Yeah. Um, and then, and then coming out and missing um, what that Iago Falke ball for uh, for yeah. Torino. 
Um, and to be honest, wasn't it was up quality in the what in the, the um, in the PSV game as well. Should have been sent off. I mean, it should have been sent off for handling outside. Yeah, definitely. Um, so that's that's a bit of a bit of a worry. We we all know that Inter tried to sign Luka Modric in the summer uh, and address um, kind of sort of deep line playmaker midfield organizer. I think it's been quite interesting to see Borja Valero given a look in again. Um, yeah. after, uh, he was seen to have like been forgotten down the back of the couch uh, for um, for the the end of last season. Uh, I know he's like a Duracell bunny that kind of just like and it just like stops moving after fifty five minutes. Um, but uh, I think he's he's a useful player. I thought when he came on against Spurs, he made an impact um, and. Let's not forget he joined. He joined on a free. I think he's on quite a big, big wedge. Uh, is Borja. So I think it's 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 important that um, they they make the most of him. Um, but but yeah, I mean, on the whole, I, I think uh, now that these players may be a bit fresh, a bit fitter, um, uh, that uh, and they kind of, I think they seem to have settled on what four two three one, haven't they? After. Yeah. A couple of experiments with playing a back three, which is quite interesting. Um, but you know, I, th- I think the the signs on the whole are, are positive. Um, I just I just want them to see. I just want to see into kind of scoring scoring goals in the same way that Spalletti's Romans and its sides did. Um, you know, where and actually for them to like entertain from from you know start to finish which i think they kind of did against psp i was really impressed with them against psp even though they kind of rode their luck a bit that, that was a i mean intercept records there i mean they they had 24 shots uh, they had 24 the shots on target uh, no on target but on goal towards yeah. goal and that that was like some sort of a that was a champions league record for inter they had uh, i think nine in the first half which was a utter it was a complete record yeah. so um, yeah no um james sample was really good as well i, I thought yeah brilliant in that and didn't expect it because Sam's a really tough place to go unless you called Inter which is surprising I don't know what <laughs> got over Grand Paolo but, uh, but yeah. right. but before we let you go I just want to quickly ask you a couple of uh, from uh, first to sixth place in the city uh, who do you predict and who do you think is going to be coming out <laughs> uh, okay one to six in order yeah yes yes from one to six <laughs> um, Juventus uh, big surprise there. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would say um, Napoli. Mm. Uh, oh, this is tough. This one's tough. Um, who do I go for? Is it Gufata? Um, <laughs> uh, so I'm going to say Roma. Okay. okay. Into fourth. Um, okay. Oh god, this is actually hard. I just remember there's a team called Milan in Serie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is actually really so tough. A little fight of Higuain in there. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is tough. Uh, crikey. Um, I kind of think this is Milan's year to get back in the Champions League. Really? Yeah, yeah, I do. I, I do. Um, well, then they have to win the Europa League, then, won't they? <laughs> <laughs> you've, you've, you've made my mind up there. I mean. <laughs> At the moment, they've got the best striker in the competition. Um, uh, if you're going to kind of factor in that Lacazette and Aubameyang, take it in terms to play out wide for Arsenal. Um, <laughs> but um, okay, 
Oh, God. Okay. Milan, Milan fifth then. I don't feel comfortable with that at all. <laughs> um, and sixth, uh, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with Samp. I'd like Ooh. to say Fiorentina, but I think Samp are starting to win away from home, uh, uh, which Fiorentina can't do at the moment. I think it's still very early days, and, uh, but I like, I like what Samp do a lot. Samp, uh, yeah, I, I actively search out to watch. I try and watch every Samp game because they're just they're very interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, you and me both. I, I think Quagliarella, Caprari, and then Gianpaolo as a coach as well. I think it's a really interesting project that. Um, so who do you think is going to be a Capocannoniere? Is it uh, Will it be Ronaldo or is it Piontek your pick? Because he just <laughs> can't stand score. <laughs> he can't stop scoring. <laughs> Uh, I love uh, I love the fact that Piontek. Um, well, we're going to find out, aren't we? Piontek has to he's going to have to play against Juventus uh, first game back from the international break. Uh, so let's let's see how that record um, uh, whether he can get still be on Batistuta's tail um, uh, after that one. Um, can Piontek win it? That's um, I, I I have a feeling that Higuain will probably win it. Uh, um, I think uh, he's on a great uh, streak at the moment. That team's playing exclusively for him. Um, and uh, I don't know about you, and maybe this is blasphemy for you guys, but uh, <laughs> Milan play really good football, which I was not expecting from Rino Gattuso. They play... Mm. Uh, uh, their football is really easy on the eye. Um so I'm going to go with Iguain because he seems to have something going with Suzo. Um, so yeah, Gonzalo, the golden okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good okay. shout. Yeah, fair enough. Well, uh, thanks so much for coming on. It's always a pleasure. And if people want to follow you on Twitter, uh, what's your handle and what have you got? Uh, anything special coming up now soon? Um, so my handle on Twitter is at James Horncastle. Uh, I'm going to Bologna on uh, on Wednesday. Uh, that's this week, yeah. Um, for for an interview, um, uh, and then I'm going. Uh, I'm I'm going to try and do some stuff around the Milan derby as well because that's coming up. So I'm looking forward to going uh, going to that. Uh, and yeah, I'm just yeah. I mean, y- you were saying Nima that the international breaks a good, uh, like a bit of a breather. For me, it's an absolute nightmare because like <laughs> clubs aren't willing to do anything during the period when they've got seven games in 21 days, That's and true. then and then when there's a fortnight, they're like, yeah, yeah, do you want to do this? And it's like uh, you know, kind of keeping lots of plates spinning at once. But um, <coughs> but yeah, so. Yeah, that's that's pretty much me. Um, um, so yeah, boom. Oh, well, but so we'll be sure for, be sure everyone to check that out. Uh, James, James is an awesome follow, and it's always nice to. Uh, and the stuff you do as well is also uh, a pleasure to read and watch, whether it's TV or podcast or or the stuff you write. So keep up the good work, Amico. Thank you, Nima. Thank you, guys. Enjoy Cheers, the rest James. of your, uh, your chat. We will. <laughs> Um, also, take care and have a good uh, have a good trip to uh, uh, Bon Viaggio to Italy and uh, we'll talk soon. Yeah, excellent. Cheers, dudes. Uh, ciao, ciao. Cheers, Bye. Right. Um, just uh, before we, um, I thought we'd, we'd f- f- stop a little bit uh, by um, talk about the um, Spal and the PSV games because I thought in a way 
um, the, the, the result was exactly the same. Well, the games were quite a bit, quite different. Uh, in Spal, in the Spal game, Inter looked really tired. They looked completely, um, a team without energy. Whilst against PSV, they were just full of energy and they were all over, you know, they were completely, you know, okay. PSV were good, but Inter created a lot of chances and Icardi on a good day usually scores four or five goals when he has those chances. Um, I'm interested to hear uh, what you think, Mo. Um, what did you like the most with uh, PSV and the Spal games? Yeah, to be honest, there isn't much I liked about the Spal game uh, other than uh, the, you know, the, the character shown and the grit and determination and, you know, the desire. But in terms of uh, gameplay, tactics, uh, whatever, it was it was one of our uh, poorer showings. Uh, since uh, the results have started turning. As for the PSV game, there's a lot to like. I mean, uh, you know, uh, we weren't as tight at the back as maybe we would have liked to have been, considering that, uh, you know, we're playing pretty much with our strongest uh, defensive uh, back line, back four. Uh, but that aside, the team in general uh, played quite well. Chances were there. Everyone's full of legs and running. Um, and like he said, you know, uh, it could have been uh, put to bed far earlier uh, had Icardi been uh, on the top form, on the same form that he was on against uh, Spal. Had that been the case last week, midweek, uh, I think the results would not have been as uh, tightly contested at all. So, yeah, I mean, like... It, in a nutshell, I liked I liked the I liked the attitude and the character in both games. I liked uh, the offensive play against uh, against PSV, but I wasn't too keen on the defensive display uh, in either match. Mm-hmm. Richard, what is your take on uh, the Spal and the PSV games? Can compare them compared with each other? Um, I think, yeah, to take a positive on this, I think, um, and just relate to something that um, James mentioned when he said that sometimes, like last season, we turned up in the bigger games, and it, it's, for me, it's the, the contrast between the games is, is so great, even though there were, there were similarities in it. You know, the, the amount of times we've had to come back from a goal down from mistakes that have been made and show real character, and they did that against Spal, but I agree with Mo and you that the, the performance was really poor, really laboured, uh, and it's almost like it takes a shock uh, or a bit of luck for him to gather that momentum to go through and win it. And I think you could sit down and dissect quite heavily the spell game of, of uh, like uh, Mo mentioned, the tiredness. I thought it was very evident mm. there was to be a drop off a conversation. But when, but when Inter are in the Champions League, as we've seen against Tottenham, we've seen against Pete, there's a real buzz. Obviously, you know, I mean... <laughs> It's different against PSV because it's away from home. I mean, that's a very, very hostile crowd as well. But Inter seemed to just be up for it. It's a different animal. They were practically players that don't normally... You know, you'd look at the two games between Spal and, and PSV, and you'd watch, if we, I bet if we watched them both back, the amount of the same players wanting the ball in one game and not looking too concerned in the second. Whether it's complacency against Spal, I don't know. But um, for me, it's interesting because those games that are coming up, as James mentioned before, I'm hoping that the big occasion really is into this season because if that's the case, then the games against Milan, the games against Barca, Inter might really, really show what their qualities are. Um, and at the same point, while there are games against lesser opposition, if you would like, like Spal, even if there is a bit of complacency, a bit of, 
I don't know, lack of energy. Maybe because they're putting so much into the other games, at least they are getting through and, and winning it. My only concern is, though, it does feel like we are just riding our luck a little bit much, and I would like to see a few more of those chances, especially like before we're in the PSV game. We, getting it puts to bed early in those games. But overall, um, yes, that was massively disappointing, but the points are on the board, and there's enough positives in other games to sort of compensate that, if that makes any sense. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I like the I like the idea of uh, the fact that uh, the team really shows up for the big games. I mean, we already know that from last year, and yeah, the difference is these uh, shitty small games. Uh, we're actually picking up the points as compared to last year, where we uh, where we uh, couldn't find the win for two and a half months. So yeah, hmm. I don't know. For me. Um... What I liked against the PSV, I mean, I thought the PSV game interplayed really, really well, um, and especially in the first half, I thought Inter were lucky, unlucky to to concede when they did, because that was a dream goal. Uh, but Inter played really good attacking football. But it's, it's again, it's what we've been talking about, Mo, uh, previously as well, you and I, that we are yet to see a good performance over 90 minutes. And in fact, I think I, I would even go so far as to say I think we're yet to see Inter produce a performance that's good over two halves. Like, either the half first half is good or the second half is good. In between that, it can really be pretty, pretty poor. I mean, the game against Spal was really, really... Their, their Inter didn't play good except for the first 10 minutes. Other than that, Spal, I think, were the better team and were really unlucky to to lose mm-hmm. that game. To lose that game. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, for me, I mean, as long as... You know, as Mourinho always said, I'd rather be a winning coach and a lucky coach than a good coach and lose. You know, I'd rather be a lucky coach uh, and a bad, you know, and a lucky coach and win. Yeah. And I'd rather be a good than than a good coach who loses, and and that's that's fair enough. But I think it's time now. Um, for I mean, although you got to say that you know, winning six in a row, it doesn't take anything away from you. I mean, you have to you know, you got to give credit where credit is due. You win six in a row, two in the Champions League, uh, four in the Serie A. That's 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 great. Uh, but I think it's time now for the team soon to start playing well because we're we're in October now and the derby will be in mid-October. And then from then on, you know, we've got Barcelona away, uh, then we have Lazio, and then it's just going to continue like that. And sure, I mean, I take from now to the next international break, I'd gladly take six more wins and play play shitty if it means if you beat Barcelona home and away in Milan and Lazio you know what I mean Absolutely. So, <laughs> so I'm fine with that but it's just that I'm, I'm getting because I feel that at some point Inter won't the results won't go your way and then you're losing and playing poorly and that's what yeah, you know that's that's when we know and that things at this football club can really quickly quickly escalate into a crisis and we don't want that and that, that's kind of that's the only that's the only worrying sign for me uh, yeah, I, I completely agree, and that's kind of what I half raised with James before as well, because it's, it is, we've seen it so many times, that, you know, that last season, I couldn't believe, was it Udinese, and Udinese, and then there was all the draws, and yeah. uh, it just, I mean, what, I can't remember how many games it was, was it uh, most of December and most of January, and not pretty much. February? Pretty much. Pretty was, much. And again, when you look at, contrast that scene. Weren't we then, and I know we've got more strength and depth and more quality now, but weren't we saying the same things that we're not playing particularly well? We're really, and everyone kept saying Inter is so lucky to be top of the table. Yeah. Inter, you know, aren't playing well and how have they managed that, et cetera, et cetera. And then next thing, you know, we see what happens. And 
So, yeah, I mean, ho- hopefully, hopefully, uh, those perform- well, those performances have got to come now. And that's why I think the derby could be really, really crucial. Mm. Mo, yeah. what is your take? What is your take, Mo? So, the w- w- one thing I'd like to just, uh, yeah, like, uh, add is, I think the PSV game was the first game that Spalletti had his best starting 11 uh, at his disposal to choose from. And even then, Rosalico was still not uh in uh, in the proper level of fitness to be able to start the game mm-hmm. so we all we, we you know James alluded to that uh, earlier the fact that you know uh, Paris we've spoken about this ad nauseum earlier as well uh, over a bunch of episodes you know uh, Brozovic and uh, and Perisic uh, having a deep world, deep run into the world cup etc so <sighs> yes it can be worrying. We, we're all, we're all, you know, we're all waiting there, you know, for something to happen. We've been, uh, you know, uh, lulled into this false sense of security a bunch of times under Mancini, etc., and a false sense of not security but euphoria. But I think there's something, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to look back at this episode and think, ah, oh, this is when I have to eat my words. But there's something that feels different. <laughs> about this season you know there's something that feels different about this inter and we kind of felt it last year and that's true that's and, true and and last year's inter was different i mean we, there, there was the mid-season you know coma but spalletti managed to turn the team managed to turn things around and the objective was achieved so having that that like that three or four year sample size now to choose from and knowing what you know about the squad all i see is an improvement on last year Albeit with subpar or sub potential performances, but still, it's so much better than than we could ex- could have expected from what we've done in the previous years. I mean, again, the fact that so many players are scoring, so many options off the bench, uh, the fact that he can actually rotate, you know, like meaningful squad rotation. We we win a game without our our best uh, our standout midfielder uh, in Brozovic. Uh, it's just there's there's. A lot to be happy about and a lot to explain the lack in performance. So I'm concerned like you guys, but I'm also not concerned. Mm. That's, 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 I understand what you're saying. We'll, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. Um, but speaking of uh, these two games, I just wanted to briefly before we move on, um, the, uh, uh, the, the Handanovic situation, uh, whether it was a penalty or not, um, I've consulted a couple of referees and I've looked in the rule book and basically what it says, the referee got it right. Uh, he shouldn't have been sent off because he wasn't, he wasn't uh, pre- you know, preventing a, a clear, uh, clear goal-scoring opportunity. Um, and, and it's only a red if you if you prevent an actual you know like a like a goal scoring opportunity, and um, it was uh, so so that's why he shouldn't have been sent off. And it was a couple of okay. referees who, yeah, it was it was a couple of referees uh, who actually told me this that no, because of the fact that there were a couple of players behind uh, um, um, Handanovic when he came out, he shouldn't have been sent off. He should have been uh, he should have just gotten the yellow. So apparently, according to you know, people who know that that was the that was the correct decision. Um, That's interesting. That's interesting because I, I knew that. I, well, actually, it's um, it's probably so unusual. It makes perfect sense when you say it, but it's so unusual that a goalkeeper gets himself in that position where he's that far adrift from what he's doing. He manages to handle the ball in that position because it is it is a rare thing to see. So, for a white course, some conjecture and confusion. But it's good to know that. Um, 
I don't know if it is good for him to know that, but he's <laughs> 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 just doing it again. But uh, no, it, that's, um, it explains a lot. Yeah. Um, so basically, uh, I was um, I was talking to uh, Michael Gallo uh, at Galutz on Twitter, um, and he basically says that once the goalkeeper leaves the penalty area, and he's he works uh, he's a he's a referee, um, and he also works for TSN Sports, and he said once the goalkeeper leaves the penalty area, he's treated as an outfield player, and if anyone just grabs the ball deliberately in the middle of the field or wherever, it's always a yellow, unless it denies an obvious goal-scoring opportunity. And in this case, it didn't because there were multiple inter-defenders in position. Like, for example, Suarez in the World Cup versus Ghana, that denied a goal-scoring opportunity because he was the last man standing and the ball was going into the net. But handballing X, uh, X amount of yards away from goal with multiple inter-players in, uh, in, in, in position to defend, that's an, e- that's an easy call and it's a yellow card. And when he explains it like that, you know, it's like, of course it is, <laughs> you know. So uh, we'll definitely be having Michael on uh, soon to to explain that uh, <laughs> much more clear, uh, and we'll be grilling him as well. Uh, but yeah, speaking of the, uh, but in both of those games, um, you, the Semperinto readers, voted Mauro Icardi as the man of the match against Spal. It was seventy-five point seven percent, a huge win yeah. for Maurito, which is not that strange. Against PSV, he got a thirty-nine percent. But who do you guys think came in second against? Um, against the Spal? Uh, That's a question. Um, which which game did Handanovic actually make? Was it, both. Was it the both. PSV game? Both I games he made some... I'm going to go Handanovic then. I'm going to go Handanovic. I would have gone with Handanovic because I thought his saves yesterday was uh, against Spal was, was fantastic. But it wasn't actually. It was uh, Rajana Ngolan, 27%. Okay. Do not agree with that one bit at all. I thought he was. <laughs> I thought he had a pretty mediocre game, um, to be honest, against Pal. Um, but no, against uh, against PSV, it was Handanovic in second place with 15% of the vote, but not against Pal. Um, uh, Mo, I, I mean, as, a, as someone who's been critical of his not moving, you should have. You must have loved that his performance against Pal because he made some. He was moving, wasn't he? Yeah, no, I mean, look, again, he saves the balls that we expect him to save, not expect him to save, that we expect a, pl- a player who we think is at that level yeah. to save. I mean, you know, he, he, he's, he's meant to be a top-class, world-class goalkeeper, and you would be surprised if uh, De Gea made that save, or Courtois, or, uh, sure, you know, sure. or Buffon in, in his day, or Noya. You know, these are, these are, these are world-class saves that he's made. It's those other ones that he lets through that, that just really kill me, you know, and, and uh, that's and that hasn't changed. We haven't seen an improvement in that this season. What was the, the, the ball that came off the crossbar yesterday? Uh, off the post? Not off the crossbar, off the post. Mm. Uh, and he, he was there, stood like a deer in headlights, you know, completely nailed to the ground. It's the same thing, you know, a ball flies across his face and he just, he stands there flat-footed, doesn't know what to do. And that's, that's what bothers me. But, you know, we have to admit his distribution has improved, you know, not tremendously, but has improved. He doesn't look like a deer in headlights when uh, someone passes the ball back to him anymore. So that, that's a definite positive in his uh, performance this season over last. But still, that, that particular type of ball that gets shot at him quite frequently, you know, I, I, I dread the day we play against, uh, against uh, Liverpool because that's, you know, most of last bread and butter, you know. The cross ball uh, in front of goal, mm. and you know you'll have a field day with them. But 
yeah, they were exceptional saves. They were fantastic saves. But this, these are the kind of saves that you'd expect a world-class goalkeeper to make. Mm. That's great. I couldn't agree with you more. Right. Um, let's uh, move on to the part of the show where we pay tribute, rip the piss out of, and criticize someone or something heavily in the world of football. Starting with the positivity, this week's Morati, which will be presented by Mr. Mohamed Nasser. Oh, my God! He is beautiful! He is beautiful! Yeah! Yeah, I'm uh, very happy to report that Icardi is back as uh, the Morati. He's uh, he's been uh, you know uh, a firm favorite. Uh, I think if we go back and look at the recordings, he's probably the most nominated uh, person <laughs> for that weekly award. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, and he hasn't been uh, he hasn't been on top form recently. But you know uh, three games, three goals in two games, uh, five goals in five matches. Guys on fire. He's showing uh, he's showing us that you know he's got the mental fortitude to be able to put any different form behind him. And, you know, yesterday, he, he, it was all him, you know, the, the reason why we have any, uh, you know, any right to talk about uh, a six-win streak is because of him yesterday. And, uh, yeah, hats off to Maurizio. Indeed, indeed, because he scored the winner both against PSV and he scored twice against Pal. So, yep, I can, that's, that's definitely why he's the Morati for, for us. Uh, right, let's move on to a slightly more com, uh, comic uh, thing. Uh, this week's Frog, which will be presented by Mr. Richard Hall. Right, guys. Um, it was funny this week because I couldn't really think too much. I mean, Inter, while well, they've not been performing, uh, as well as it against Spal. I couldn't really think of anyone who really wanted to deserve this too much. So I kind of just split it. One is just for a comedy moment, um, but the other one is something I'm a little annoyed with, uh, but didn't really affect anything this week. So the one I'm a little bit annoyed with is Jean Mario, because I actually really do like this player. I think he's got a lot of qualities. And when you hear the noises coming out of Inter at the moment, and everything seems positive, you know, it really seems like there's a group a while ago, we heard the fact that he was going to do something to turn the fans around. And you just, I can't get my head around why a player of that quality can't at least affect something in training to, to be able to, to, to get Spalletti to look to use him. Because at the end of the day, there's a player there that we're going to need squad depth. And I just really, really would like to see him. And yeah, he'll have to win over the fans, but it can be done. You know, look at Mauri Cardi. Look at what he's gone through. This is easy for him. And a player of his quality should be doing a lot more. So that's my frog of the week. But the other frog moment, if you would, if you'll just let me have this. Did anyone see Wallace against Fiorentina? That no. brilliant bit of the burn stick. Goalkeeper plays the ball out from the goal kick. It's coming to the edge of the area. And instead of passing it back to the keeper, he passes it straight into one of the Fiorentina strikers' uh, pass. Keeper gets lucky and saved it. The ball goes up in the air. All he's got to do now is just absolutely launch it down the pitch. He goes to volley it, it comes off his heel and goes out for a corner. And that was just my favourite moment of the week. So, yeah, just for him to that. But he's actually a quality defender, so I'm not giving him too much. Yeah, that, that, is, a, that is a froggy kind of moment, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, let's move on to the negative part. This week's, Mora, um, this week's Moji, which I will be presenting myself. And this week's uh, Moji will, without a shadow of a doubt, have to go to Moji's old club, Juventus, for the incredibly immature, unprofessional, 19th century 
way they handled um, the statement they put out on Twitter regarding these allegations concerning Cristiano Ronaldo. As, yeah, anyway, yeah. as, as a lot of people know, Cristiano Ronaldo has been allegedly, uh, uh, he's been, uh, uh, there are accusations that he allegedly raped a woman. Uh, this is now being investigated by the Las Vegas police where this, where these events took place. Uh, no one knows what has happened. Um, but what, what, what Juventus did was that they tried to protect their player and put out the following statement. Cristiano Ronaldo has shown in recent months his great professionalism and dedication, which is appreciated by everyone at Juventus. The events allegedly dating back to almost 10 years ago do not change this opinion, which is shared by anyone who has come into contact with this great champion. Wow. Number one, whether or not you're good at your job or not, if, if you're a street sweeper, a footballer, or a judge, or a policeman or not, your professionalism and dedication is completely irrelevant to the fact that if you can commit a crime or not. And it's definitely irrelevant to the, to the, to the issue of whether or not you committed rape or not. So that's completely irrelevant. The second part, the events allegedly dating back to almost 10 years ago do not change this opinion, which is shared by anyone who has come into contact with this great champion. I think there are two women accusing him of rape. I think they didn't have a problem with his dedication and professionalism. So this, this is incredibly tone deaf. This is incredibly stupid. And it just, again, just shows how bad, how badly misogyny and ignorance about these issues is prevalent unfortunately in football and especially in 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 in, in uh, italy i would say so for that incredibly absolutely i think it's incredibly stupid and again i want to underline nobody knows okay we have to you know we have to say this nobody knows if he's guilty or not he has a presumption it's... of innocence like everyone else in a in a criminal trial has he has that right but you if you want to if you either you you know either you shut the fuck up and don't say anything about it yeah or, or when you talk about it you show a little bit of respect for the for the victims of these crimes because these are serious crimes and not alleged we, victims though no Yes, she it is. Was, yes, but she was an alleged victim of rape. Well, you know, she says, uh, look. It doesn't, it doesn't change the, 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 the fact that it's black or white. He's innocent until pres presumed. Yeah, but, until Juventus, but Juventus should have said that. Juventus should have exactly. come out and said something along the lines of, no, no, I, judging, by, I, judging by the results of recent weeks, we are standing behind our man Cristiano Ronaldo until, you know, anything is proven exactly. against him. You don't and, and bring just, up his professionalism and dedication. Yeah, because he's nothing to. It's got yeah. nothing to do with this issue. It's a ridiculous. It's like completely like there's no correlation between him being a great footballer and his professionalism, and whether or not I agree. No, I, I agree. Yeah. I, I I agree, but I, I mean, I the point I'm trying to make is uh, innocence until proven guilty. You know, uh, burden of proof on the the accuser. All that stuff is 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 enshrined in law, so we have to respect that as well. Whether or not the, 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 the press release itself was a, a pile of shit, which it was, you know, yeah. I agree. But uh, It was incredibly... So. Well, that, that's what I, well, that's exactly what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the ridiculous yeah. press statement, which belonged to... Yeah. Well, I mean, I wonder, I mean, I, I wonder who runs their Twitter account. If, if, the, if that person, you know, most of us take the public transport or a car to work, that person, I think, goes in a time machine, because was, this was something out of the Victorian age. I mean, this was ridiculous. It was had absolutely zero bearing, and it would be nice if Juventus could start acting like a club which is consistent in the century they're living in. That's not how you behave. That's not how something should be. That's not how you behave in the 21st century. You know, it was it was completely uncalled for. It was ridiculous. And again, 
his his professionalism and dedication was not called into question here. You know, people who you know you whether or not whether or not you you're guilty of a crime has nothing to do whether you're good at your job or not. <laughs> it, just, it just makes zero, no, zero sense. I think I think they've made. Sometimes it is better to say nothing. And exactly. So, you know, and 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 also if they them. <laughs> and if they if they were um, really pressed on this matter and you know by so many different media outlets and they could say due to the recent you know the, the amount of questions they're getting over this subject this is their overall statement they're backing their man and until anything's proven against him and shouldn't it to bed but you're right it was you know I mean Jesus. It, <laughs> To say that, that he's a professional and a champion, I mean, to, oh my God. It, was, it was, I mean, you know, Attila the Hunter was professional, but, you know, <laughs> come on, it's like, it, do, you know, do you know what I'm trying to say? It's one of those yeah, things it's, where, it's, it's, it's so irrelevant, and it, I just think, for me, and it's nothing against Juventus on this at all, or Cristiano Ronaldo, it's just the fact that I think it does show Italian culture a little bit sometimes in, in sometimes modern day society. It's almost like the fact that oh, it was 10 years ago as well, you know? Yeah, it's like, like, as if, as if well, it doesn't matter if you, I mean, well, I mean, he was 10 years ago. Who cares if he allegedly murders him? Who cares? It's, it's okay. He's a good footballer. He's professional. He turns up to training and he stays up to training and hits extra free kicks. Who, that's not relevant. Who cares? I mean, come on. It's just, you know, correlation. I mean, no, no, it was, it was incredibly stupid. And as I said, we don't know if he's guilty of rape. We don't know if he did it. We, none of that is true. But that's that's beside the point here. It's this statement that I have a big, big problem with, and most people did as well. And it, I mean, if you compare it to the way that it's, these things are handled in American sports and the professionalism shown there, and I mean, it's, it's like it's like you're barely in the same century here. One, you know, one of them is in the 21st century. The other one is in the 13th century. Absolutely, absolutely. Right. Um, let's. Uh, right. That was all we had time for this week. I'd like to uh, give a shout out again to James Warren Kessel. I'd like to thank you, Mo, for coming. Always a pleasure, fellas. And uh, all of you, Richard. Uh, likewise, always enjoy it on here, guys. And until next week, we'll, we'll be previewing the Derby, amongst other things. Uh, have a great weekend, uh, even though Inter aren't playing. My, uh, as always, I'm your host, Matavale Rusari, wishing you a good weekend, a good week, and sempre e solo, forza Inter. <laughs>